Welcome to the DevSecOps Talks. That's me, Andre, not Matthias, but Matthias is also here together with Julian. And it's a new year, the new episode, the new commitments, commitments. But before we roll into this, let's ask what guys were up to during the Christmas and New Year. Julian, did you have a good holidays? What did you do? Yeah, I just uh, was uh, at with friends and uh, we we watch uh, some fireworks and the weird thing is that they were now uh, silent fireworks, which is basically like a stromboscope or like a flashing light, you know, that's mm. flat. I, I think that can send everyone into an epileptic seizure. But no. uh, are, it, you like, are they explosive or just no. like LED slides? LED, I, right? I have no idea. I just look outside. It's like, what is flashing like that? And so I went out and see and it was from a balcony. Uh, people were flashing light, and so it, it's it's nice to not have the noise for. And you sure it wasn't like a police car or something? Yeah, like that. pretty sure. Yeah, okay. it was way too high. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a flying police car. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, right. Mathieu? Yeah, good Christmas, home, family, uh, New Year. Uh, actually, we had like a, a lunch, uh, so I was. Ready to go to bed at like six o'clock, ready, like after some wine mm. and some food, like, but then it's a, it's a long struggle with keep to keep you up to, to, to 12. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but then also cold, it's cold in Sweden. Uh, Andre, how was Spain? You were in Spain over the yeah. holidays? That's all right. It's like early September in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we were in uh, Lanzarote and Fuerteventura during the Christmas holidays, went to see the all the art of Cesare Manrique. If you don't know uh, Cesare Manrique, I do recommend you Google it, because the uh, guy cool. was quite big. And the art is very interesting. He was trying to combine the habitat of humans, so it's naturally integrates together with the nat- natural landscapes. So he actually built his house in the lava tunnels, the tunnels left by lava. Uh, it's quite interesting to visit. Ah, cool, cool, cool. All right. Yeah. So what do we have today? AI. AI. Yeah. What's so about the, that? The hype. The, yeah. the, the question <laughs> the that was asked is, yeah, what what do people use AI for? Like, yeah. what, what is it good at? What hmm. What's the use case, basically, of, of AI? And so I, I'd like right. to ask you, like, what, what do you think? Do you use AI or how? I, I, I can start. Uh, Copilot is for me the one I use. Uh, and that's mm. uh, GitHub's, uh, you know, when you code, you get you get help, right? Yeah. yeah. In, in the beginning, it was the first, you know, block of code it generates for you. Like, what, really? And then you do another mm. one. It's like, oh, right. And for me, that's not a strong developer. I, I like it. And now I can learn a little bit to, to code as well. I can see some patterns. But uh, yeah, that's the only thing that I use it for in my more or less daily work. And I happen, happen mm. to pay for it as well. I just, just yeah. pay for it with a smile. Like, what is it? $10 mm. or something. Like, yeah. yeah. I can get it free from work, but I but I have it so I can pay it for my, mm. <laughs> my private mm. stuff as well. 
Other from that, I haven't used it that much, really. Andre, mm. how about you? Yeah, I actually use it quite many things for Copilot as well. And I noticed there was a significant improvement later this year, or like late last year, beginning of this yeah. year. Because before that, that would give you the pieces of code that you need to refine. Yeah. Now, I think they managed to get it to the point where I actually write the comment, what I'm going to do. And the next line gives me the code that does it. Yeah, and it's yeah. very helpful when it comes to implementation of APIs. So I'm coding towards GitHub API quite a bit yeah. for those days. And um, it's basically, I don't need to look much into documentation. I don't need to search for documentation. It just gives me the call I need. And then I could uh, have uh, inline documentation to look up the fields to fill yeah. them in. Plus, uh, I also use Google Bart. So I, I, I use the Copilot and Google Bart just for fun to compare them. So I would take the function, feed it to Google Bart, and ask it to write the tests for me. And yeah. then I would go and refine them. So the actual last result of Google Bard was also okayish. Before that, Google Bard would give you a bullshit, but I think they did some improvements this year as well, like in the end of the year. But what's really so, the difference between them? ChatGPT is the one you get in Copilot, from, right? And from yeah, so that's from OpenAI and Microsoft yeah, exactly. builds on top yeah. of OpenAI. Bard is from Google. Yeah. So there are but different you... models in play. Okay, can you use Bard in like a developer in here also, or is it I just don't know. I'm just using that in browser in a, okay. in a laptop where I don't have the ChatGPT. Yeah. Ah, I see, I see, I see. So the, the, this is what is confusing about uh, Google because they are basically an AI company, yeah. and they release uh, a fleet of product and models that it's it like even for me it's overwhelming to see to understand. Mm-hmm. So the, the, in the model, you have Palm and G, Gemini. Um, mm. I'm not sure, like, uh, G, Gemini is like the evolution. And it, Bart is using Palm as going to switch to Gemini. I, th- I, think, I think they already so, switched. I think they already switched. Yeah. So that's the coding part. Hmm? Yeah. And then you have Duet AI which is the product mm. that you can use in Google Cloud. So if you open the Google Cloud console, you have a little, you know, the, the typical star that indicates it's AI. And mm. there you have a more, uh, like a text box where you can write question about Google Cloud. Mm. So okay. it, it, it works quite good. Like if you have an error, you just copy mm. the error into that box. Mm. And then you ask, why, why do I get this error and how to fix it? Mm. It, w- it will okay. tell you. Ah, so and, mm. yeah, well, let, let me push it this way. <laughs> I had an act, uh, like an authorization error. And, you know, you have to find all the roles and which one among the many. And I uh, ask uh, it, like, uh, give me the role yeah. specifically to, for that API. Don't give me, like, you know, mm. you know, root access to everything. I just want for that API. And it, it find it. And it's, mm. that is quite useful. It saved me time. And uh, That's nice. It, it's quite quite interesting how uh, the the things are evolving, and especially it's been what like one year since the yeah yeah exactly. it's just one year yeah uh, all right shall I continue so, yeah go ahead 
So that's when the coding comes in. Then uh, for the writing, I, I use Grammarly since uh, English is not my primary language and I do write with mistakes. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing about Grammarly is that they have also some AI integrated there. I don't know what the model is. And at first, the UI in Grammarly made me struggle to understand how to use it. But when I realized how to use it, it's actually very useful because it integrates that's the extension in the browser. So I do the Google Doc, and yeah. then I could select a piece of text and just say improve it. And that would rewrite it for me, smoothing out some language, maybe fixing mistakes. The funny part is that the grammar will then find mistakes in the AI written text and will start to make suggestions how yeah. to fix that. <laughs> so it's kind of fighting it in itself. Yeah, so. uh, but the really nice thing is that uh, it's not present, for instance, in a chat GPT. If you use better chat GPT without any advanced prompts or anything, is that Grammarly maintains your style. So if you oh, write the nice. text, but it will not, like ChatGPT would uh, use a word that you never use or make it, you know, pour a lot of water in it. So it actually sounds like still like you, it's just a little bit better, like small improvements. And then when you do social media, for instance, they can add hashtags and emojis. So you can improve it, add hashtags, <laughs> add emojis. That all comes as buttons. <laughs> so it's like super handy and saves some time for me. Then... Another use case coming for the for the text work the text is translation. Since I have to switch all the time between like English, Spanish, Russian, Swedish. So I basically tell ChatGPT, well, whatever language I give it to you, translate that to English. So I use my English as a base. And uh, if I write something in English, translate it to this language. And that works really well because like in Google Translate, you always have to choose the language pair or like say, this is automatic, but translate to this. And actually the chat GPT when it does translation, it understands context a little bit better and it gives you the less bullshit comparing to the Google Translate because Google Translate does not understand it. Do it mechanically. So it would, uh, time to time can actually give you very confusing stuff. So that's super handy. And then it's also with kids. So ChatGPT now has a conversational mode where you can talk. And that's useful for the for small kids who are not able to type or read just yet. Ah, so you, like can my daughter, you can talk to it. So I would press mm -hmm. a button and it can switch between languages. So we could start in Russian, we can switch to English, or go with Spanish. And for instance, we are learning about the, well, she, she is learning to spell the days of the week, like Wednesday, yeah. what's Wednesday. And I, and I'm just asked to be like, why, why it's called Wednesday in English? Yeah. And then it goes, well, it's because it's like the, the, the <laughs> Odin in the Germanic languages. But in Spanish, it's Mercury, like the, another, it's a Roman god. It's yeah. very interesting. Like you have Friday, that's the German a German version of the god, and then you have Viernes in Spanish, which is Venus, basically. So and we, and I'm teaching them that to ask questions through that, showing that you yeah. can get the answers and keeping the curiosity going. So that's I would say those are primary user use cases, and also 
if I, I need to search something and I have no idea what it is, for instance, like I want to sleep on the floor and I'm interested if there are any things that people usually used to sleep on the floor. And that's not camping equipment. Like giving yeah. this to Google would comprise yeah, yeah, yeah. a very <laughs> complex query. And then uh, I, I just asked ChatGPT, I think, like, well, I'm sleeping on the floor. Like, what could I use? What people do? And like, well, there is like a, the culture in Japan. There's a yeah. thing called futon that they put on tatami. Is it what you're interested in? I'm like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> Tell me more about those things. But isn't that the the biggest concern or like the difference between doing like a Google search and asking ChatGPT? When you do Google search, you get the ones with best SEO back, right? You get the diseases with the best SEO, not really the one that you are interesting in, right? Or, but some, or, some, or something that someone who paid for. Yeah, exactly. Something paid for. That's the issue. So you, you never still have to filter around with it. And especially when you're asking those kind of questions, like what, what's, uh, what does the weekday Wednesday come from? I mean, if you Google for that, yeah. I don't know if Wikipedia is over, but it could be a lot more. But it, it feels like you're mostly using it for like uh, coding, but then also social things like it's becoming one of your friends here at home, talking to, writing to. Uh, I think social companies trying to build avatars that you could talk to that yeah. would act like a famous people. I haven't engaged into that much, really. So, oh, but, cool. um, yeah, mostly the text transformation, what they made for, right? Yeah. So what we're talking about is language transformer models and everything that involves the language or text of some kind. There, they could be helpful. But I'm very looking forward to the next step of development, which everyone seems to be saying it will be autonomous agents. So you would, hmm. uh, instead of tapping on your phone, there was a yeah. thing released on uh, C- CSS just like a week ago called Rabbit OS. I don't remember what the thing name, but I remember that it was using Rabbit OS. So if you if you Google Google Rabbit OS, and it will tell you. But that thing basically you talk to it, and that can uh, interface with uh, APIs for you or applications on your phone and do things for you. Right, cool. So so instead of, you know, pulling your phone and then taping the app, tap, tap, yeah. tap, 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 that things or those things that you will have, they will interact with the systems instead of you using your hands and performing tasks that you, tasks that you would give in... Uh, in a human language. So for instance, I want to fly to, I don't know, to Marrakesh after Ramadan. Yeah. Give me uh, give me the flight options. And then I, otherwise I will go to Google to find when Ramadan yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> then go to Sky, Sky Scanner to find the flights from my location. And that thing yeah, yeah. can go and do it for me and give me results. Yeah, yeah. Ah, cool. You save time like that. Is, yeah, uh... yeah. All about efficiency for now. Let's see how it goes. Julian, have you worked with any deeper? I think you did some coding with it. Yeah, those. Uh, it, it's quite interesting uh, because, what, like, even when I was at university twenty years ago, it was called computer aided decision. So we, it was is the same algorithm, but you just implemented, like. The, the problem was the data, of course. You know, you needed to go to have good data. But yeah. not, th- thing have changed in 20 years. Like now, data is not a problem anymore, or at least, you know, the amount of it. 
the, the compute power has increased tremendously. And to try to learn how those work, the, how those models work under the hood is, uh, it's, it's achievable. That's what I mean. It, it's, it's a bit complicated. There is a bit of, you know, rough edges, but it, it, you can do it. And you can even try them locally. So the, there is this project called Olama. It's O-L-L-A-M-A. You can download it, install it. It will fetch the model that you want. Uh, and you get a prompt locally. You can even send pictures if you find a nice UI or even better, code it yourself with <laughs> your copilot. <laughs> so so no. you, you can send, you can convert an image, an image to binary and send that to the model. It will understand. But how, how do you... You're downloading the module locally to your computer, and then you... How do you open a shell to that, or how, how do you interact with it? It's, uh, well, the, the the application is kind of well integrated, so it's a little icon on your menu bar, okay. um, and it will open things for you. I'm I using the command line, so I, yeah. I, I really don't know. I compile it myself. I do a, I went and see the code to see how it interacts, and basically all those models are built in C or C++. Yeah. Um, so, and, and all of them is written in Go. So it does some C to go interfacing and very interesting stuff. Um, but I would say, you know, my problem with AI is that I have to write a good prompt and there are course on it. Like, I'm not kidding. This is how, like, what, what what's the difference between someone like me and someone who get a lot of value out of it is they know how to ask. It's like the, the skills of searching Google, you know, five years yeah. ago or 10 years ago that you, you you need to summarize your query into keywords that match what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we are at prompt engineering. Exactly how the show description is written for this podcast for the last five, seven <laughs> episodes. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically feed to chat GPT number of descriptions that we used before yeah, and then explain there is Andre, there is Matthias, there is Julian, they are hosts, and uh, we talk about bullet points. This, 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 this. Keep uh-huh. the style of previous episodes. Give me the give me suggestions for the show description and then the, for the titles, and then I would you know massage it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I would usually go over multiple <laughs> iterations, but it's. It's polishing. It's not writing it from scratch. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of, well, not a lot of, but it takes cognitive load from you. And then you could use spared CPU cycles from your head to something else. Yeah. And so th- this is what I'm, I'm, I'm working on because I'm still bad. Uh, so let's say you, you want to use a p- product like Gemini on, on Google Cloud. You know, like you, you can... Most of the cloud provider have one. I just know Google best. So you can create an account on Google Cloud. You have $300 credit for a year or something, and you can start hitting those APIs. And those APIs are not, I would say, cheap in the sense that you you, you have to pay for it. So if you write 10 wrong prompt, you're still going to pay for it. And so I use the local one to help me write a good prompt. Yeah. Uh, with you know, and I can save like some explaining who I am, what I'm looking for, and those kind of things. And you can select depending on what you're looking for, which model suits you best. 
And there is a bit of trial and error there. But then I, I write a very short sentence and I get a good prompt back that then I can call the uh, API for which it cost. Uh, and that's how a little bit I, I organize my work. Mm. And it has been very interesting uh, to see, especially since the, the token has, oh, sorry, the word as streaming. So it's not like you get everything back, but the, the model just give you one word at a time, which is called a token. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you can just wait until it's done or you can see the whole text being written. <laughs> and it, it just shows like it's it's a probabilistic uh, outcome. So the, the pr previous word, you know, the probability of the next word define, you know, what word you're going to get more or less given the context. And that's, you know, if you read the paper that started all this in 2017, the paper is called Attention is All You Need. It's a hmm. bit uh, mathematical, but if you go to uh, YouTube, there is a uh, really uh, good YouTuber for that, uh, Yannick. I don't, I don't remember his last name, but he, he, he explained the paper in great details for, you know, <laughs> people who are not, uh, who, where algebra is not the forte. Yeah. And you can, uh, it, it's really interesting so that you understand the technology that you're using and you understand its, its limitation better. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's basically how how I, I use it right now. It's I have my local one that runs on my laptop. It's not, it doesn't need like, you know, super powerful GPU or those kind of things. It just writes a little bit of text uh, and it answers pretty fast enough. And that one I take and post it to the cloud one for which I pay more, of course, than my CPU cycles. Yeah. Uh, do you think you're going to use it later to, to build something or some service or to help you in your daily work, right? Maybe feed, build some service and feed like logs from your infrastructure and see like is everything okay here? Or, uh, yeah. Right now it feels like it's just a tool that helps us, you know, making code and, and making change or like we can help them with emails and stuff. But can it also help you? selecting things like where should where should you work like i have all the alerts here all the logs here where, where should i pinpoint my things uh, yeah you you can you can do that like and i think that's why i i started to learn about those local ones because i want to experiment before starting paying you know the yeah. the premium and you can get pretty far like you, you can get pretty good result with just a you know a good laptop um and to understand that it's 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 great to figure out your use case because right now, and that's the problem with, with AI is that you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how good it's going to be and yeah. why. And that um, has to be, for instance, you can ask the model. Uh, that's what I do is like rate my prompt from zero to a hundred or like one to 10, like yeah. one being the worst 10. Million. And if you see you, you, you have a four or a five, you you kind of need to work on it a little bit more, and so that that's where the idea come for. Okay, you can do that. And the yeah. the thing is, you can start by taking a sample of your logs and analyze them and explain more. Like I have this service and it's this name and those kind of things. And those things take time, but once it's automated, it's can yeah. you kind of set and then you can have anomaly detection and and see. Okay, give me a percentage of anomalies in the logs. So you, you don't have to go through them yeah. manually. 
I think that's really interesting to see that when ChatGPT.com that they took the marketing like space to help you writing good marketing content like nice emails and even images. I thought when we talk about AI, it's going to be more like decision making in like detecting threats or uh, troubleshooting servers or keeping track of uh, like cars going those sort of things but it turns out in, in the beginning now it's just writing text and, and helping you uh, replying to, to text as well so the, the, there is a, what is called multimodal models so they, they, you can interact with them in with various uh, medium so text yeah. uh, f- pictures even movies uh, sometimes the problem becomes the the resources so you, you kind of need uh, pretty if you if you're analyzing video you yeah. need a pretty pretty beefy graphics card yeah. uh, text is because it's the cheapest way it's you know yeah it's, it's still very low bandwidth uh, but you you can do uh, a lot with those image detection and, and understanding, like, let's say you take a picture of something, you say, hey, what is that yeah. in the picture? It can describe it for you, at least uh, Jim and I can. Um, I haven't tried all of them, but for sure. And the the, the thing is, like, what makes, uh, for instance, Duet AI is the Google alternative to, to Copilot, uh, yeah. GitHub Copilot. And, well, which one is better? You understand, like what, what would you come? What kind of benchmark would you use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because is it worth switching, basically? And all those marketing content and everything, it's that's producing. But most people use it to learn things. Yeah, and that's where the generative part is. And it's not even the full like spectrum of you know machine learning. You, you have like uh, reinforcement learning where the computer tries. You, you give it uh, like a goal and it tries to reach there by an equation and, you know, trying a little bit more, a little bit less of something. And so it, those kind of things are not uh, readily available yet, but uh, I would love to see like, okay, I have no idea how to solve that problem. Can you suggest something? And it's, if it's a problem that you haven't seen before, it's nice to have a computer. It's just like, guide you through. Yes, so I think if we are one year, after the initial announcement where we had this breakthrough happening and everyone suddenly talking about AI. But I do think it's still very early days and there are a lot of companies around the world busy building stuff, using whatever is available and rapidly iterating and uh, making it better. So I would imagine that maybe next year or in two years, we actually will start to see some uh, real strong use cases that wouldn't scratch the surface as current ones are. So the current ones are just improving what we have already had a little bit, or in some cases a lot. But I do think that the real transformational stuff will come within a year or two, because it does take time to iterate, uh, you know, secure funding, find the team and actually start to build it. And there were a number of companies who were in the right place and around moon and working with the right things. So they might be ahead, but when it comes to like, you know, having your AI in your Terraform 
and doing infrastructure as code with a Terraform. I think we are still like maybe a year or two away from seeing something that would transform the way we work. But I'm pretty sure it's coming. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I think like you, now we have a solution. We're looking for a problem. Uh, sometimes it feels like it. I think it, like this AI trend is also a bubble. So it's going to burst at some point because it has its limitation. But mm. there is one part that we didn't talk about, and that is security. Yep. So okay. what, what what does it mean, security for machine learning model? Well, I don't know if you saw, but the <laughs> ChatGPT had a great track record of leaking data. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and, and, and so one of the hack that people use is that if you repeat a word yes. long enough, it will yes. start puking data, like yeah, driving yeah, data. Yeah. Used, and, used for learning, yes. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's amazing. And so let, let, there is a... But, a Julian, now, terms of conditions of ChatGPT explicitly prohibit you asking it to repeat things in the future. <laughs> well, now it's safe, right? <laughs> now it's safe. This is how you fix it. Check. <laughs> That, uh, you know, somebody checked the box, we fix the problem, that's it. No, but uh, it, it's interesting. And so the, the uh, it, in a few years ago, was the, the big question is like, if you know the architecture of the neural net behind, mm-hmm. I think the number I've seen is that in less than 5,000 requests, you can reverse engineer the weight of the model. Right. So what does it mm. mean? Is that by sending garbage data, and seeing the response, you can actually mm. retrain a, a, a right. clone model yeah. and mm. getting an approximation of the weight. So you would have the a clone of the model. So can, somebody can steal your your machine learning model just by querying right. it. And it, it was like Ooh. super low number. I mean, like 5,000 requests is nothing. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and so let's say you, you send a completely random like letters and numbers and, and spaces, whatever. And you get the result and you train the model on that. You, you can actually get there, but you need to know the architecture of the, you know, how many layers of neurons and how much and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's not a, a given, but I mean, 5,000 is not much. So you can try a lot maybe, of. Maybe that's why open eye is so not open about how, about the way they train them all because they don't want people to know. So it's harder to reverse engineer. Right now they have first mover advantage and uh, they're kind of ahead and they managed to capture the names or the heads and attention of the public. So everyone speaks about chat GPT. There are like plenty of other models. I mean, you have Claude from Anthropic. You have all those models from uh, Google. Like I'm pretty sure Microsoft will build their own models and so on and so on. But like everyone talks about ChatGPT, right? Because they've managed to capture attention. So they want to safeguard it for as long as they can. Mm. And so there is a lot of, uh, so that's for the the security part. Now, from the commercial perspective, most people Mm. know ChatGPT because that's the one that is talked about on the news and things like that. And not always in a good way, as I see with. The, the data leaks that it, it gives. And, and so the, the you know, if you're a practitioner and you have to monitor um, machine learning model, it's like, how do you do that? You know, what what what, what defines a good answer besides having a human looking at it? And so there, there are ways, there are tricks. And one of them is called the canary. 
So meaning mm -hmm. that if you if you put a certain keyword in your prompt that you send to the model, you expect to get that keyword back. Um, and and that would make it. Of course, it depends on the use case. And some models are trained differently, like they are more like specialized into an area. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, do, those are the kind of things like uh, it, it's not talked about a lot because now it's still brand new and people are using off-the-shelf product. Uh, yeah. It won't take long before you start. Um, it's not training. It, it's more like called fine-tuning now because the, the language are so big. It takes like a cluster mm -hmm. of GPU that nobody can even, they are not even available. That's what I mean. And so the the, the research now is going towards what if we only retrain a part of the model, meaning that we, we just give it a few use cases and it, you train a smaller part of the model so that you don't have to retrain everything. You just fine tune it. Um, and so that this is where the, the, the research is, is going and also making more things more efficient uh, in, for the future. And that's kind of like, um, I mean, for it's great for learning language. It's great for productivity and summarizing and researching. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it's exciting new future. Now, how, how do we will it translate, in, translate into product and services? It's, uh, it, it's, it's a development. I think we're going to see a lot. I was one of those who's like, oh, you know, I don't need it. But without knowing it, I was using the AI, yeah. like Google um, Translate. You know, I have a I have a Gmail account somewhere, and it's com autocomplete my email. Uh, well, to some extent, and you see, it's those little improvement that we we don't see. The the um, question will become, of course, with the EU, is data privacy. How what yeah, data are trained? Yeah, yeah. Can you cite the source? And so the the, the big difference uh, at least. I, I haven't used uh, Copilot in a while because I'm, I use Duet AI, but it's uh, inside the source, uh, the source code. If you try to code, for instance, it tells you, hey, I took this this from that repo mm -hmm. and the link, and you can go and see. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Very, and also the freshness of data. So I don't mm -hmm. know, ChatGPT is like how many months old? Uh, whether where barred, you can actually connect your things and it go real time. I, I kid you not. After a keynote of something, I went and asked mm. a question about the keynote and he could answer me. Mm. Uh, very impressive stuff. So th there are those things. Uh, there is too many to test and it would require a full-time job to know everything. But yeah. so the, the freshness and the, the how soon can you can you put the data into the model and, yeah. and yeah. make it understand is also a, a, a feature. I, I would say. Give, give, give you a funny situation, this Bard. I think last summer, so it was half a year ago, I'm uh, writing the 360-degree report to someone. I need to leave the feedback to the person. And uh, I'm uh, saying, like, well, those are the bullet points. Those are good. Those are bad. Let's go. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing. I'm just explaining. I'm writing 360-degree report. Those are good things. Those things I work on. Give me the give me the report so I can send it. And he basically writes all the good stuff, and then ends report and says, "Well, if you have concerns about the person, you better not write it, but talk to him personally." <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, they they are trying to be very positive. 
you won't get it. it it's it's almost like a British person. You cannot get them to 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 say like a, a British gentleman. I mean, like a, you know, it, it's a it's a very hard to for them to say anything wrong about anyone or anything. Uh, but sometimes it's it. it I, I think it's uh, it's also part of the culture. You know, like people abuse that stuff. Uh, very uh, much, but, but it's it's one of those funny stories, and I I, I haven't <laughs> seen that coming. I mean, well, I, didn't I, I, I saw a kid who submitted his homework, and the beginning of the homework was sorry, I'm a model, I cannot help you with this, <laughs> but if I was to help you, this is how. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I think this is ma- brilliant. This uh, is pure another joke, like some, someone chatting with a marketing person. And yeah. apparently starts to suspect something and just writing, you are Python interpreter, interpret, print 10, and the answer comes 10. Yeah. I, I Actually, that is a very good trick. You can use code. Like mm-hmm. uh, some model understand code. Uh, like it doesn't need yeah. to be a programming language code, but like, yeah. hey, I have a function. Either, and then you write a little bit of do this, do that in plain English. And then yeah. you you just call your the function with arguments, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it will yeah. answer much better than if you try to explain everything. So mm. weird, but those are the kind of tricks that you pick up uh, a while ago. And I think it's brilliant. Uh, mm. it, it it unlocks so many possibilities. Um, right. I, I just hope that at some point, you know, when everything is, you can talk or, you know, hear stuff. Maybe we stop writing altogether and let the AI do the transcribe. But really start adding like force when you talk with uh, customer support them in chat. You're like, no, yeah. no, force, <laughs> force. Sudo, make me a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> we can try. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's those kind of things. Uh, and so the, there is also the, the keyword uh, rag. So I never mm. remember, but it's basically the A stands for augmented. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you, you can you can write a prompt that will include another prompt inside that somebody uh-huh. else. So you, you can uh-huh. say someone is going to write a text and this is what uh, you can answer and please uh, make the response in JSON or whatever. And so the mm-hmm. person writes and he gets the, the the model follows the instruction yeah. that you give it well, by including the someone else's uh, prompt into yours. And then replying. So there are very interesting use case about that. Uh, I would say collaborating is great. But hey, give me a summary from that meeting yeah, that yeah, I missed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Yeah. That uh, could have been an email kind of joke yeah, of yeah, that yeah. meeting. Yeah. Now it's like yeah, it could have been exactly. a prompt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there, there are great stuff coming coming on. And yeah, we, we will talk about this topic yeah. probably when yeah, we I have think, more. I think in half a year we might do another recap. It might be in a year to see if we still have our jobs. Yeah, <laughs> Matthias, because... Matthias definitely will going to have his job because <laughs> who will go and fix hard drive in his car? Yeah, and... uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not going to do bare, that. I will teach you bare metal. Don't worry, man. Yeah. I will teach you bare metal again. Yeah, yeah oh, no, right it, it's... That, that's one thing as well. It's like, I don't believe, like, a job are going to change, but you're not going to have less job. I think this is going to no, generate no, 10 no, times no, more yeah, job yeah, than yeah. Pos- like previously, because suddenly you have to manage, who's going to manage all this infrastructure, all those data, 
uh, yeah. you know, if you want custom models, you're going to need private, like your custom data. Yeah. And so you, you still have to have, and to answer your question about, you know, how, how I would use it is for me, I would like to download all my data, like all my documents, my picture, whatever, <laughs> and have a model, you know, kind of, yeah. because sometimes you need to be super pedantic on how you organize stuff on your hard yeah. drive. And, and yeah. I have more than one laptop or computers mm. stuff is a little bit everywhere. And to just have a place to tell me, where is that picture from the summer of that thing with that person? And it's like, oh, it's on mm. that computer. Yeah. I would be already happy, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. uh, mm. a, a, because, uh, yeah. Build it for Julian, something. Build it for Julian. Yeah. Indexing. <laughs> it's just indexing, basically. I, it's I, I, forget about it. Forget about so the eye. <laughs> I found the project called Perkeep. And that's mm. basically what it, you can import your data from whatever, uh, you know, mm. uh, Twitter or whatnot. And, uh, you know, it stores it locally and the 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 search is blazing fast. So th this is uh, in the show yeah. note, definitely. Uh, I'll send me a link so I can include it. All right. Yeah. Whew, oh, well. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. First step is out of 2024. Wow. Recorded on January 25th. It is. Payday as well, right? Payday. Uh, oh, I need to do the voicing cycle. Salary. Yeah. Oh, for me, it's, that's it's in voicing day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send a voice. Don't get paid. <laughs> All right. Okay. And um, with that, I think we'll end this episode, right? Yeah, it was yeah. good. Good. Enjoy. We'll see you again. Take care. Bye. You have been listened to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias Andre and Julian. For more podcast and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.